Morning, Grace Point. As y'all can see, Pastor Dell is not here. He's um, enjoying a much-needed vacation this weekend. We pray blessings upon him. And um, if you're like me, you're a little jealous, but we'll get over that. Um, I'm about to introduce our speaker this morning. It's, it's like um, introducing that uncle, that one uncle that comes to the house and always has a treat. He reaches in his pocket and be passing out candy or something like that. Or in our adulthood, that uncle that comes and shares an encouraging word for us, you know, that lifts us up and blesses us, you know. So without further ado, I introduce to you the pastor of New Jerusalem Baptist Church of Thomasville, Georgia, our brother, our friend, Apostle Benny Calloway. morning and God bless each of you. Hope everybody's doing well. We're grateful to be with you today and we're glad that the Lord has given us another opportunity to be in fellowship uh, with, with each of you. We will be reading from Genesis chapter 40 Beginning at verse 14, Genesis chapter 40, we want to read verses 14, 15, and 23. Genesis 40, 14, 15, and 23. And the word of the Lord reads, it says, but think on me. When it shall be well with you and show kindness, I pray you unto me and make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. Verse 23 says, yet did not. The chief butler remembered Joseph, but forgot him. And we're preaching from the subject today, men will forget, but God will remember. Men will forget, but God will remember. And Father, we're so grateful for this privilege you've given us once again to preach and teach your word. We thank you for your people today, for they are your people, they are the sheep of your pasture. And I pray as the word of the Lord goes forth that the Holy Spirit will navigate and negotiate change and let that change become reflective in our day-to-day behavior patterns. Give us the ears to hear, the hearts to receive, and the minds to accept your word. Transform our lives forever for our good and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say amen. amen. You may take your seat. Thank you again, and God bless you. I'm so grateful to um, Apostle Dale for um, allowing me this opportunity to preach today. And can we give him and Miss Gia some love this morning? Can we do that? <clears throat> Men will forget, but God will remember. To forget is to 
lose remembrance of or to cease to care or simply to ignore. And when we remember, it is the ability to recall something and allow it to be brought back to the mind, to bear something in the mind, to account and consider and to make mention. You know, one of the worst feelings to experience in ministry in any capacity, uh, whether you're serving in leadership or serving as laity, is to be forgotten by those who benefit the most from the gifts that the Lord has given you, that you willingly and freely give to honor God and edify those who have been assigned to your care. Because when Jesus had sent uh, the disciples out on certain occasions, he would tell them, freely you have received, freely you give. And the fact that we have been given gifts, talents, and abilities by God, by no goodness, by no merit, of our own, that is the reason why we should take the initiative and the incentive to minister those gifts to those that the Lord has given to us. Especially in the event when we obey the Lord at all costs to utilize what he's given We do that for the intent, not for the temporary benefit of others, but the intent should be to be a permanent blessing and to have an ongoing and eternal impact in the lives of others for the honor and glory of God. Now, in this text this morning in Genesis 40, as we chronicle the life of Joseph, the patriarch, Of course, he was the son of Jacob, also known as Israel. And Israel, his name means God prevails. And Jacob was the uh, procreator of the 12 tribes. Of course, Joseph was the grandson of Isaac, who was the promised seed, through which God said that he would establish an everlasting covenant through Isaac. Joseph is also the great-grandfather of Abraham, who was the founder, the progenitor of the Jewish nation, the father of a multitude, the father of faith. And Joseph himself, his name means Jehovah will add. And I want to show you a, a sequential thing that takes place in the life of Joseph and how he uh, manifested his name, it means Jehovah will add. Uh, first of all, his birth added to the life of his family. When he was born of his mother, Rachel, after many years of being barren, it was Joseph's birth that took away Rachel's reproach. And in Jewish culture, for a woman to be barren, she was viewed as not even being married, even though she had a husband. In that culture, reproduction was the validation of marriage. 
And she was despised and looked upon with scorn and, and contempt. And of course, with Jacob marrying Leah and having um, two concubines that he had children with, that when seemed like when Leah started having children, uh, the scripture tells us in Genesis 31 and 2 that Rachel began to envy her sister Leah. So much so until she began to put a demand on Jacob. She told Jacob, she said, give me children lest I die. And then Jacob responded, he said, now am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of your womb? But we see after a period of time, Genesis 30 and 22 says that the Lord remembered Rachel. He hearkened unto her. And he opened her womb. And so when she named her son Joseph or Yosef, there was a prophetic inclination behind the name. She said that the Lord shall add to me another son. And basically what Rachel was saying was Joseph would be the firstborn son of this union between myself and Jacob. And later, Benjamin was born. So his life, Joseph's life, was an addition to Jacob, who made him the high priest of his family by giving him the birthright, giving him the double portion, which consisted of uh, property, money, and spiritual rank. And even though Jacob had bore sons by Leah, Zilpah, and Bilhah, Joseph received the firstborn blessing. And it was symbolized by the coat of many colors. And that was a type of garment that was very common in, in Eastern cultures. It was a tunic or a long sleeve shirt that was worn down to the ankles. And how the colors represented certain honors that would be bestowed upon Joseph for his behavior and for his obedience. And that set of colored patches would be sewn onto that tunic. Even generational symbols derived from Isaac and Abraham. So Joseph would be the spiritual leader of the family in the event of Jacob's death. And so this position added to the spiritual life of the family. Now when Joseph was sold into Egypt, he added increase to Potiphar's house. As his chief administrator and business manager, which involved management, human affairs, payroll, accounting skills for the domestic and field employees. And they all worked for Joseph, and he in turn worked for Potiphar. He brought increase, fruitfulness, multiplication, and productivity to his work. And it's interesting that when he was in Potiphar's house, he was able to accomplish all these things. But Potiphar never trained him. This was because he had been trained by Jacob. Joseph had been empowered by God to have people to respond to him favorably or in a preferred manner. And when you understand that the favor of God, when the grace of God is upon your life, when you have been empowered by God, when you walk in places and when God opens doors and makes ways and extends opportunities to you, 
you should walk in with an expectation that people will respond favorably to you. They will respond to you in a preferred manner because you know who you are. And then when you walk in that atmosphere, you have an expectation that others will begin to learn who you are. Now think about it. People need to know that they're not blessed because of themselves alone. But because of the favor and the anointing on somebody else's life that they're in association with. And believe it or not, oftentimes they're just reaping the benefits. And I want to show you the proof of that. The proof of that is when God removes the person, he removes the blessing that's on them. The blessing goes with them. Case in point. It's not always what you have in your house, but it's who you have in your house. It's not what you have, but it's who you have. Oftentimes we want the what, but we need the who because the what which is the blessing, is attached to the who, the individual that God chose to give it to. And you have to be with the right people who carry the blessing. Because your blessing is always tied to a place and a person or persons that's been assigned to your life. Blessings do not come by possessions, but blessings come by relations. Blessings do not come by accumulation. Blessings come by association. And it's important for us to be connected to the right people. Think about that. When Potiphar wasn't aware of how much his revenues had increased, he asked Joseph. And Joseph would pull out the ledger with the report. And even when Joseph was put in the dungeon for a false accusation of rape, According to Egyptian law, when a man or a woman was accused of any type of sexual impropriety, according to Egyptian law, they would receive 1,000 lashes on the back with a whip. So even though Joseph was in prison, he did not receive punishment For the crime he didn't commit. So the Lord spared his life because he was innocent. And when Joseph found favor with the keeper of the prison, the warden remembered him because he had previously worked for Potiphar. Actually, the keeper of the prison, Joseph was his former supervisor. And when he recognized that he had worked for Joseph Before, he did not force the Egyptian law by giving Joseph the 1,000 lashes on the back, which would have killed him. But instead, he turned all of his managerial duties of the prison over to Joseph. He was Joseph's best jailer that he had ever had. He added to the prison, which was adjacent to Potiphar's house. So it's not what you do that makes you who you are but it's who you are that enables you to do what you do. We don't have to work to gain an identity. We work because we have identity. We work out of who we are. We're not working to try to gain who we are. Now let's look in the text, verse 14. 
Joseph said, he, he was talking to um, the butler. He said, but think on me when it shall be well with you and show kindness, I pray you unto me. Make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. He, he mentions himself four times. He said, think on me, show kindness unto me, make mention of me, and bring me out of this house. Then verse 15 says, for indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. Now I want to read this from the Living Bible translation. It says, and please have some pity on me when you are back in his favor, referring to Pharaoh, and mention me to Pharaoh and ask him to get me out of here. For I was kidnapped from my homeland among the Hebrews, and now this. Here am I in jail when I did nothing to deserve it. Joseph let the butler know. He said, now, keep me in your remembrance based on how the Lord used me to interpret your dream and how I was charged with you and the baker. Joseph was assigned to them, looked out for their welfare. The Bible says he served them. He waited upon them. He maintained their well-being during their season in the ward. Now, you would think, with Joseph interpreting their dreams, and he did it in a very specific, meticulous, and detail-oriented way, that the butler would absolutely, positively, and unequivocally, his life was changed forever, made such an indelible impression upon him that he couldn't forget. Because it was Joseph's obedience that led to his deliverance. Of course, you know, the, the baker's dream being interpreted, it led to his doom. I mean, he was hanged three days later. Because interpreting dreams is an Old Testament prototype of discerning of spirits, word of wisdom, and word of knowledge. And the exercising of these gifts, they were not in Joseph's job description when he managed them in the prison. You know, God can allow you to be sent to a place for one purpose, but then he'll end up using your gifts for another purpose. And if you think about it, there was nothing wrong with Joseph utilizing resources at his disposal to help get him out of prison, especially in the case of him being innocent. Now, you would have thought that the butler would have been more than happy to do everything humanly possible to help get Joseph out. That he could never forget this. So much so that, that the butler should even feel a sense of indebtedness to Joseph. Now, I want you to think about this now. The butler entered into prison after Joseph and ended up being released before Joseph. <laughs> Joseph was sown spiritually and only wanted to reap materially of that that he felt that was entitled to him. And the butler putting in a word to Pharaoh on Joseph's behalf was a small thing compared to Joseph 
saving his life. And it happened through dream interpretation. That word interpretation is patha in Hebrew, which means to open up. It's amazing how people the Lord has put us charge over. And we serve them in ministry. We serve them in our family. We serve them in our community. We serve them in our career. And then, in turn, we will ask them to perform a menial task. And they suffer from extreme cases of amnesia. <laughs> they become forgetful. <laughs> no response, no return phone call, no return text, no return email, no shows at meetings. But Joseph said, remember me when it shall be well with you. In other words, the word that I gave you, it came from God. And it's going to materialize as specific as I articulated it to you. He said that all shall be well. In other words, I give you absolute certainty that the results of this interpretation are going to make you glad. You're going to be merry. You're going to be joyful. Things are going to be set right. You will be back in the good graces with the Pharaoh. Because think about it. God can give you a word to minister to someone and you're both in difficulty. They come out, but you're left in the same state. But you have to be encouraged to know that it's momentarily. And, and you're praying that God would use that person you ministered to to minister back unto you when you need it. But it's frustrating when others go ahead of you when they haven't paid the price that you paid. Doesn't it seem like it's unfair sometimes that God will use you to minister to somebody and then they come out of a situation, but it still appears that you're stuck in your situation? Like, okay, Lord, I'm still here. Now, I obeyed you. I was the one that gave them that word to help get them out, but I'm still in what I'm in. But you need to know that it's only momentarily. That's because you, you may ask, well, why, why did the butler get out before Joseph? This is because in him having Joseph on delay, once Joseph is released, he's going to be more than a butler. See, because when Joseph gave the butler the interpretation, he let him know that he would be restored back to his former place. But God had something more in mind for Joseph. So what I'm saying to you is there may be others that may go before you and it may seem like that you're in the same state. Sometimes God puts you on hold because what he has for you exceeds that of others that have gone before you. And Joseph had to remember that he had a dream that he saw sheaves, but his sheaf rose above the other sheaves, and the other sheaves bowed down in obeisance to his sheaf. Joseph had to remember that he saw the sun and the moon and the stars, that they bowed in obeisance to him. 
A lot of times when you're stuck in your prison and in your dungeon, you have to remember what God showed you. Because what God showed you was simply a preview to the coming attraction. And you cannot be discouraged. You cannot be despondent. You cannot be depressed because of the state that you're in. Because that state is only temporary when God has showed you that he has better things for you. Somebody ought to give God a praise right there. And I'm here to encourage somebody this morning to let you know that the greater the weight of your prison sentence, W-A-I-T, the greater the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, of your prosperity. God is going to bring you into it. And that's why Paul would later write in 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, he said, for our light affliction is but for a moment. That word light in the Greek, means that it is quick, it is agile. He said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, it's transient, it's only for a short period of time in comparison to what's to come. And he said that light affliction, it works for us. Elaphros in Greek, it means that the light affliction is performing on our behalf. It's accomplishing on, on our behalf. It's achieving results. It's making us spiritually fit to handle the weight of the prosperity that God wants us to walk into. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, it works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So the glory that God wants to bring us into is a heaviness or a load of blessing, anything that's pressing on you. So the blessing is being is going to be pressed down on you so heavy in comparison to the affliction that you're dealing with. It is the abundance. It is the authority that God will allow you to walk in that makes a demand on your resources. And Joseph told him, he said, show kindness. He said, now you can sympathize with my predicament. He said, because unlike you, I'm here by no fault of my own. Because when you go back to Genesis 30, I'm sorry, Genesis 40, here in verse 1, it says that the butler and the baker, they offended the Pharaoh. That's why they were in the dungeon. Joseph had not done anything wrong. And verse 2 says that Pharaoh was angry against the chief of the butlers and the chief of the bakers. So, so Joseph let him know. He said, now, unlike you, he said, I'm here out of pure innocence. You're here because you offended the Pharaoh. He said, I need you to make mention of me. Keep a record in your mind of why you came out of prison in the first place. The Lord used me knowing that you didn't get out on your own. And I can see Joseph conversating with this butler. He said, I beg of you, say something to the Pharaoh on my behalf. Now, you know, it would have seen that his appeal would have moved the butler to tears. And they say, Joseph, when I get out and when I get restored to the Pharaoh, the first thing I'm going to do is let him know about your innocence. 
But Joseph let him know. He said, for indeed, without a doubt, he said, I'm here out of being dealt with in an unjust fashion. Circumstances beyond my control, against my will. And Joseph didn't even mention to him everything that had happened concerning his brothers and how he got falsely accused of rape by Potiphar's wife, being framed. The, the details are important at this juncture because the Lord knows the details. You know, and sometimes when you're in a situation, it just comes to the point that you need to stop trying to explain to people why you're in what you're in. Because some people are not going to understand and some people don't want to understand. But the Lord, he knows and he understands the details. But Joseph appealed to him. He said, get me out of this house. Help vindicate me and clear my name. And we know Joseph didn't belong there because of his innocence. But the Lord was divinely orchestrating his plan because he wasn't guilty. You know what that tells me? There was more God could do in Joseph's life while on the inside to prepare him for his elevation than what he could have done while he was on the outside. Let's look at verse 23. It says, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph but forgot him. The living Bible says Pharaoh's wine taster, however promptly, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him a thought. <laughs> In spite of Joseph's passionate appeal, the butler's release caused Joseph to be out of sight and out of mind. <laughs> because the butler had to Remember Joseph when the Lord wanted him to, not when Joseph needed him to. And I want to close this message. I want to share with you three things that Joseph had to do to be assured that God had remembered him when men had forgot him. First thing Joseph had to do, he had to expand his trust in God. He had to expand his trust in God. Once the butler was released from the dungeon, the Bible says that two years had went by. Joseph had to reach inside of himself and increasingly exercise his faith in God, knowing that only God could bring him out of prison. And that these series of difficulties, the Lord was working behind the scenes so he could understand that people cannot reward us and give us what we really deserve when we render service to them on behalf of the Lord. Now, there's nothing wrong with people trying or making an effort to show their appreciation. But, but this is one of the leadership principles that I believe we have to understand. We cannot expect to be fed from those that God has called us to feed. Okay, let me press stop, rewind, and play again. We cannot expect to be fed from those that God has called us to feed. 
And sometimes as leaders, we have to be careful. Sometimes we expect too much from people who follow us. And the reason why we expect too much is because we're looking for those who are following us to feed us, but we've been called to feed them. And if we're faithful in feeding them, God will give us outside resources to feed us. So we will have the strength to come back to those that we're called to lead so that we may continue to feed them. Jesus didn't tell Peter that the sheep and the lambs would feed him, but he told Peter, he said, you feed my sheep and feed my lambs. Jesus would be the one that would give him the power to feed the sheep and feed the lambs. So Joseph had to expand his trust in God. Now, we've got to understand that with this butler being an Egyptian, primarily they worshiped 10 different gods, even though there were many, but they were primarily 10. But his preoccupation in his own release and serving Pharaoh did not allow him to remember Joseph until the Lord begins to divinely intervene. And we have to see that our own strength and ability and that of others are woefully insufficient. And we have to increase our trust in God who can and will deliver us on time, in time, every time, and all the time. Because people won't always do what they should do, what they would do, and what they could do unless the Lord intervenes on their behalf. Joseph's request of the butler giving a word to the Pharaoh to release him from prison, it had to go beyond his expectation that he would just be released because God had something so much greater for him. It was God snatching Joseph out in a moment. Now I want you to look at Genesis 41 and 14. It says, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon And he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in under Pharaoh. Now, this is going to lead to my second point. You can be waiting and be in anticipation of God releasing you. But when the release comes, you have to move hastily. Now, you have to think about it now. The Bible says that he shaved himself and changed his garments. He had to get out of those prison garments in order to stand before Pharaoh. And in that culture, Egyptians didn't wear beards, so Joseph had to shave his beard. See, we have to always prepare ourselves for where we're going and not where we are right now. You know, one of the success principles teaches us that we have to dress for the job we want, not the job we have. So when we get the call, we have to prepare ourselves and understand who we're standing in front of. Which leads to my second point. First of all, Joseph had to expand his trust in God. Secondly, Joseph had to exercise his gift when called upon. He had to exercise his gift when called upon. 
Joseph had to accept that the butler wasn't the source of his deliverance. Now, when Pharaoh requested of Joseph to interpret his dreams, Joseph at that time, he had reason to, but he just couldn't. He couldn't be bitter toward God, his brothers, or the butler until it it would contaminate his spirit and it would exude out from his gifts. And think about it. When Joseph had to stand before Pharaoh to interpret his dreams, guess guess who would be standing by the Pharaoh? The butler would. So so can you imagine what may have been running through Joseph's mind when he stood before the Pharaoh and he saw the butler standing beside the Pharaoh? Now, I'm going to tell you a a few things that I think that he may have wanted to say. And I'll keep it clean. He could have said something like, why did it take you so long to tell him I was down here? I've been down here in this dungeon for two years. And you never said a word. But we got to go back to verse 9 of Genesis 41. It says, then spoke the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Because the Pharaoh, you know, had those dreams about the famine and the plenty. Uh, he brought in all his wise men and astrologers. They couldn't interpret it. And he was like, you know, is there anybody in this reign, in this kingdom that can interpret this dream? And now the Lord, according to his divine timing, allows the butler to have a recollection. He said, I do remember my faults today. In Hebrew, you know what the, the butler said? I have committed a crime. I have broke a penalty I have exercised an offense. I have demonstrated punishment. The real crime was against Joseph, not the Pharaoh. So the butler remembered that he didn't remember. He forgot that he had forgot. Oh, yeah. He said, I do remember my faults today. But when he spoke, but when he did speak on Joseph's behalf, he gave Joseph credibility on the gifts that he demonstrated. But let me say this. I'm closing. When Joseph went in, if he had not had the right spirit, (laughs) when he walked in and saw the Pharaoh and then saw the butler, he would have turned his attention toward the butler instead of turning his attention toward the Pharaoh. See, sometimes God will put you in the presence of people who can bless you. And beside them, he will put you in the presence of people who have done your own. But you have to decide who you're going to give your attention to. Because if Joseph would have turned his attention toward the butler and start verbally attacking him, that could have been the death of Joseph. You know why? Because the, the Pharaoh didn't call him in to attack the butler. He called him in to interpret his dream. 
See, when you get called by somebody, you have to understand what you're being called for and you need to give your undivided attention to those who have called you. When you understand that you've been gifted and you've been anointed and you've been graced by God to perform an assignment, sometimes among the crowd, you're going to see some people who have done your own. But you've got to make sure that you keep your attention toward those that have called you because you have an assignment to fulfill. So this was a true test of character. Look at this verses 15 and 16 of Genesis 41. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream and there is none who can interpret it. And I have heard say of you, Now, even though it took the butler two years to let the Pharaoh know of Joseph, at least he did tell him, better late than never. That you can understand the dream to interpret it. And I love this, verse 16, Genesis 41. And Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Joseph could have claimed great things about himself and his abilities, but instead he gave all the glory to God for giving him the interpretation of these dreams. In other words, Joseph let him know, he said, I can't do it by myself, but God will tell you what it means. Joseph let Pharaoh know that it was Jehovah, it was the God of the Hebrews that he gave glory that will begin to operate through him as he interpreted his own dream in Canaan, as he interpreted the butler and baker's dream in prison, and now his. In other words, when God gives you a platform, don't change up. But use the very gift God gave you to prepare you to that place. Because Joseph had the answer to the dilemma at hand, and he took no credit for what was about to transpire. My last point. Joseph had to experience his elevation with dignity. He had to experience his elevation with dignity. And dignity is simply a quality that's suited to inspire or command respect. Now, once the dreams were interpreted, Pharaoh saw it for the political and economic benefit of the nation but God saw it as a means of reuniting reuniting Joseph with Jacob and his entire family look at Genesis 41 verse 33 it says now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise And set him over the land of Egypt. Isn't that amazing? He was just the keeper of the prison. (laughs) And in a moment, after he exercised his spiritual gift, he shifted the direction of an entire nation. In one moment. And the head leader said, because of that, I'm going to put you on my cabinet. In one moment. He said that he was discreet 
and wise. That word um, discreet, he understood Joseph was discerning, he was attentive, he had understanding, and that he was wise, that he was skillful. Look with me to verse 38. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? You know what Pharaoh was saying? I have never met anyone like Joseph. Guess what happened when you continue to use your spiritual gifts and God continues to elevate you? The people that you're in the presence in, presence of, when you exercise those gifts, they will never know of anyone like you. Look at verse 41, Genesis 41. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. No wait, no, no, wait a minute now. No political experience. <laughs> he just exercised his spiritual gifts. And it is through those gifts he's now running a nation. Isn't it amazing what God will do with your life if you use the gifts he's given you and you remain original as you exercise them. Now, I want you to see something here. Joseph, as a Jew, was made the Lord of Egypt just as Jesus, as a Jew, was made Lord of the Gentiles. As Joseph was rejected by his Jewish brothers, he was accepted by a Gentile nation, just as Jesus was rejected by his Jewish brothers, but accepted by Gentile nations. His rejection turned into an election. At that moment, he received a divine appointment, but it came through political means. Verse 45 and 46 and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without you shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. <laughs> oh, my God. He said nobody can make a move in this entire country without your approval. You remember Pharaoh told him, he said, on the throne I'll be greater than you. But other than the robe and pageantry, Joseph was the one that was running Egypt. Look at verse 45. That was 44, 45. And Pharaoh calls Joseph's name zapnath Paneah, And he gave him to wife Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Verse 46, and Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout 
all the land of Egypt. Now, Pharaoh gave Joseph this Egyptian name that was prophetic in nature. Um, Zapnath Paneah, in the Egyptian language, it means life more abundant. Joseph's Hebrew name, Yosef, means Jehovah will add. So if you fuse both names together, it means Jehovah will add life more abundant. We have to see something here, and I'm closing on this. Joseph was 30 years old when he began to reign in Egypt, just as Jesus was 30 years old when he began his public ministry in Galilee. Verses 51 and 52. And Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh. For God said he, has made me forget all my toil in all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Men will forget you so you can forget their forgetting. (laughs) Yeah, it'll hit you when you eat lunch. It will. (laughs) And once you develop a forgetful attitude from pain, God will provide you a fruitful attitude in prosperity. Can I say that again? When you develop a forgetful attitude from pain and those who have inflicted it upon you, God will give you a fruitful attitude in prosperity. I want to go back and say the other one. I really enjoyed saying that one. Men will forget you so you can forget their forgetting. All right, say it three times real fast. Everybody go. No, I'm playing. (laughs) Joseph had a Gentile wife, which was a type of a Gentile nation given to Christ, a Jewish savior. Only God can help you forget what men have done to you. When God remembers, he will do good for you. Uh, There are two scriptures, um, Hebrews 13 and 16. It says, to do good and communicate, forget not. For which such sacrifices God is well pleased. So out of everything that was happening to Joseph, Joseph had to continue to do good by exercising the gifts that the Lord had given him. Then Hebrews 6 and 10 says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, 
and that you have ministered unto the saints and do minister. We have to remember that God is righteous. God records. He, he records all your good deeds that you have ministered and how you have helped others. And God remembers. Isn't it good that the Lord doesn't lose remembrance of what you do? Because in our humanity and in our neglect, we will forget people. Sometimes the ones who have done us the most good and have been the most beneficial in our lives. But the Lord was working behind the scenes through all of those circumstances and difficulties and affliction and pain that Joseph went through. Because the Lord, he saw the big picture. And he understood the greater purpose. And so whatever path or trek that you're on today, there will be affliction and difficulty that will come along with it. You'll do good for people. And they'll have amnesia. <laughs> but you have to remember that men will forget, but God will remember. I want you to stand with me. Somebody rejoice in the Lord of that word. Bless you today. I want to pray um, for those who have not received Christ and allow him to be your Savior, your Lord. We invite you to come. You can receive Jesus as Lord. You actually can do it where you're sitting. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And your coming forth can just simply be a public acknowledgement of what the Lord has done in your heart. <clears throat> and I also want to pray uh, for those of us that are on our path, on our trek, when we have been forgotten by others and God will open doors. He will have others to call upon us to minister exercise our gifts. And when we stand in the presence of great men and women, the people who have forgotten about us, sometimes they're standing on the side. And we have to go in with the right attitude and the right spirit, understand our focus, and know why we've been called because our distraction can be the death of us. If we focus on the wrong thing when God has called us in for a more specific and detailed purpose. And if that's you today, I invite you to come. I'm going to ask the uh, ministerial team if they would come and join me today. And we want to pray uh, for you if you're in need of prayer. And if not, we'll pray uh, corporately. And we'll release you in the name of the Lord today. And just know that men will forget, but God will remember. Will you come if they be any at this time? You have to keep the right attitude and the right spirit while you're waiting.
If you stay strong during the W-A-I-T, God will give you the W-E-I-G-H-T. And the latter weight will be no comparison to your former weight. Will you lift your hands? Father, we just give you praise today. And we pray that your word will take root in every heart. Let roots grow down deep. And let fruit come up high. That we will develop the attitude and disposition as Joseph did. So we can walk in our destiny without distraction. We praise you this day for the results that will come from this word. And we bless you for it in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and keep you today as our prayer. We release you in the grace of God. God bless you.